Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every moment of every day, your 17 trillion cells are dying and being reborn again. And the question is, are you contributing towards a healthy renewal, a healthy regeneration of these cells? Or are you uh, efficiently, unefficiently rather, non-efficiently, anti-efficiently keeping them dying at a faster rate than they are reproducing? And what is happening with all those dead cells? Something must happen with them. We must release them and relinquish them and go through a process that is innate and natural to our bodies, which is the process of detoxification. And so today we are going to talk about detoxification. Welcome. But first, I want to welcome you to the Double Diamond Hour here on TalkingAlternative.com. I am your host, Dr. Millie, Dr. Millie Lytle, and I am a naturopathic doctor here. And I want to welcome you to my show. This is the Eating for Meaning Hour on the Double Diamond Hour. And welcome today. So for those of you who are not familiar with the Eating for Meaning program, it is a nutrition program, a year-long nutrition program that is based on four principles. The first principle is that nutrition is the most important part of eating. It's not filling our stomachs and getting really full or getting uh, our appetite met via our stomach or satisfying our taste buds or quenching our cravings. The most important part of eating is nutrition. The second most important part of eating is community and fellowship and sharing your meals with people in your life that you love. And so the second principle of eating for meaning is the principle of adventure. And adventure is important in order to include all of those more unusual foods into your diet so that you vary your palate, so that you uh, incorporate foods that are unknown to you, foods that you don't think that you like anymore or that you never did like to reincorporate those foods and try them again. We need to be adventurous and have an open mind and a mind that includes the joy of eating and we make room for the joy of eating because eating is supposed to be an extremely joyous and enjoyable event that we must do. It's the it's the spoonful of sugar that makes the medicine go down because Eating is an enjoyable act that we must do three to six times a day in order to acquire all of our necessary and essential nutrients, whether they be the vitamins that we need, the minerals that we need, the antioxidants that we need, including phytonutrients from plants, and then the larger molecules that we need on a daily basis, the good healthy fats, the proteins, and the fiber, the type of carbohydrate that really works to fill us and balance our blood sugar. And the third principle of eating is to be mindful of what we're eating so that we're paying attention and slowing down to incorporate all of the esoteric acts of eating. So the act of sitting down in front of your food of maybe the some cultures say grace and they some religious people still continue to say grace. And but many of us who don't consider ourselves Religious might not take the time to really pay an ode to that food and to that meal and remember where it came from or think about where it came from and our relationship to that food and the person who prepared the food and the person who grew the food or reared the food and also the impact of that food on our body, paying attention to whether or not that food makes us feel better or whether or not that food makes us feel ill. 
and how we're going about eating that food. Are we eating it on a regular basis? Are we eating it often enough so that we maintain our energy levels and we feed our brain? Our brain is the only organ of the body that actually survives and requires glucose, a simple form of sugar, in order to function. Now, does that mean that our sugar wants, our brain wants a glass of orange juice or a can of Coke? No, our brain wants to absorb and utilize sugar that's broken down at a slow, steady pace throughout the day. It wants an even keel amount of sugar glucose that's available to it which means that we have to buffer our sugar calories. We have to buffer our carbohydrates and our starch calories with more complex, slower burning fuels such as protein and fat and fiber, which helps to buffer those, that sugar absorption, that sugar spike. And so this is why it's so important to eat complex meals on a regular basis and every three to four hours. So we don't allow ourselves to get so hungry that we are chasing after the most quickly available form of calories the the junk food the chips the cookies the bread the sugary drinks the sweet coffees of which many of us are guilty and consider these part of our day a part of our daily lifestyle and so in order to tune in to the effect that the food is having on our body is extremely important because our own understanding and our own awareness of the impact of that food, even if it's making us feel agitated or if it's making us feel bloated or if it's making our mouth burn or tingle, these are all signs. Or if it's giving, making our blood pressure rise, these are all symptoms that the food that we're eating is not the right, the properly selected food. So mindfulness is the third principle of eating for meaning. And the fourth principle is epigenetics, which is the medical research system, the medical theory that looks at how our environment affects all of us. And so we may be born with a certain set of genes and certainly the geneticists and genetic research is looking to find out which genes are linked to certain diseases and how can we block those genes or how can we change those genes so that we don't get the illnesses. But there's a whole other theory around genes, which is just that the environment that surrounds the gene itself, as opposed to just the presence of the gene actually affects how the gene expresses itself and whether or not the gene turns on towards disease or turns itself on towards health. And over the past 40 years that they've been studying the human genome, they've also been studying the youth gene cluster and what not the single gene looks like, but what the cluster and the formation of all of the genes look like when we're young and what it looks like when we're old. And it turns out it's not a direct path that correlates age and illness. We don't necessarily have to be sick just because we're old. And yet many Americans, in fact, 88% of Americans over 65 years of age are suffering from at least one chronic disease, and these chronic diseases are lifestyle-related. And so the abundantly high number of chronic disease that Americans are suffering from are due to our lifestyle, the way we eat. And there is a genetic component to this, but there's also that is fixed, that we cannot change, but then there's also a genetic component to this that we can change and we can change it for ourselves and we can also change it for our next generations and the generations after that. And so that's the theory of epigenetics. And we can also eat food, eat certain nutrients that are extremely, that have been shown in research that can change our gene expression and maintain youth. And even if we have a gene for Alzheimer's or even if we have a gene for diabetes, by eating foods such as green tea, or turmeric, or fish oils, or seaweeds, all of these foods, or eating the seeds of grapes, if you can find seeds inside grapes. I was at a party on Friday night, and I was very surprised. These grapes were very small, and they had seeds in them. And so the wonderful thing about these kinds of grapes, as opposed to the big grapes, the big plush grapes with no seeds, small fruits taste better because the growing time tends to be uh, if, the, if the grape does not grow as big during the ripening process, then all of the nutrition, including the color and the flavor, are occupying a smaller space, which makes the food more nutrient-dense and which gives the food a brighter flavor. 
So we actually want to be consuming smaller fruits and vegetables as opposed to larger ones because the smaller ones have probably had less energy given to them. They may have had less warmth. They may have had less fertilizers. And if they're organic especially, then they've been grown in soils that have been more challenging than the soils that have uh, catered to the needs of pesticides and herbicides. A food that has to create its own pesticides and herbicides and block and actually survive attacks by cold weather and other organisms actually generate their own antioxidants. And if we, if they generate their own antioxidants, they are higher in nutrition than foods that do not have to do that. And then we end up eating a healthier food. The second is, is that when the seed is in there, the seeds of any food are one of the most healthy, healthy foods, healthy components of that food, because that's what contains the protein, the germ, and much of the oils, grapeseed oil is actually healthy for us. And grapeseed extract is actually one of the most powerful antioxidants in the world. And so it's not just the fruit that contains the resveratrol on the skin, but it's actually the seed inside that we need. And we also need fruits and vegetables to be able to reproduce themselves. They need to be they need to be fertile. They need to be metabolically active and self-sufficient and able to grow and reproduce. That also allows our bodies to be able to grow and reproduce even on a cellular level. And so this very complicated field of epigenetics is exciting and it's incorporated into Eating for Meaning so that we can learn how to eat the most nutritious food and not just the food that we're being told to eat because it sponsors certain the dairy board or the summer, certain agriculture board of the moment. But today we're going to focus on the concept of detoxification. And detoxification is part of the Eating for Meaning program. It's the second quarter of the Eating for Meaning program. First, we do our, our gut healing. We heal our gut. We heal our system. And I've spoken about that on another day and the, important, uh, the importance of Fixing our digestion, especially if you have heartburn. So many people have heartburn that they just suppress that feeling of heartburn with a Tums or an antacid or they go on the one a day by the medical doctor that's been prescribed to them so that they don't have to think about the fact that they have acid. And what does that acid mean? Well, that means that over time, the food that you're eating is actually generating inflammation and wearing away the tissues inside your esophagus and your stomach. And so we need to eat foods. We need to first eliminate the foods that's causing that so that we can take away the warning signs on a, on a daily basis. But then we also need to add certain demulcents, certain soothing herbs that can actually help to heal our gut. So soothing herbs such as slippery elm or plantain or licorice root. These herbs have the ability to help to repair the enterocytes, which are the cells of the digestive tract, and so that we're able to digest our food without irritation and inflammation. And then we can, actually in, we can actually absorb all the nutrients from those foods. After we've healed our gut, and that can take a longer period of time for some people, longer than three months. But three months is definitely a good period of time to give a system of your uh, organ systems to heal itself. Three months is generally the shortest period of time that you want to work on an organ system in order to help it, give it a chance to recover from any illness or from any symptoms that you're experiencing. And I promise the next three quarters of the show is going to be dedicated to detoxification. We are entering the fall detox season and we're going to talk about raw foods, warm foods, all the emunctories, and of course saunas when we come back. This is Eating for Meaning. This is, the doc- this is Dr. Millie on Double Diamond Hour. You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Bonjour, this is Dominique de Coq. Bonjour, c'est Tamara Zuboff. Bonjour, c'est Asania Kone. We are hosting Pardon My French New York City. Our guests come from all over the world. From Mali to New Caledonia, from Paris to Quebec. French is a common language, yet they all come from different cultures, backgrounds or countries. And their common desire is to make New York their home. 
listen to them share their stories join us at pardon my French New York City every Monday from 1 to 2 p.m. are you stuck in your business or career trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall this is Sam Leibowitz the conscious consultant I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. good enough to engage in a detox what is a detox we always talk about it and alternative medicine and in nutrition and it seems to be um, a little bit of a cure-all or a go-to but it is a big responsibility to start a detox first of all what is detoxification Detoxification is a natural cleaning process that your body engages in on a daily basis. So as I mentioned at the opening of the show, the body is always breaking down cells. Cells are always dying. Our immune systems are always going in and cleaning up the debris from those from that cellular death. And then even our bodies are cleaning up what the, the debris from what the immune system caused as well, cleaning up the inflammation, cleaning up the histamine release, cleaning up all the hydrogen peroxide. And so cleaning up all of these agents and debris that are just a natural result of our body's cells dying and, and being recreated again. And the main organ of detoxification is the liver. However, there are five organs of detoxifications. So many of our organs that have any relationship to the out of doors, so not our internal organs, but the organs that actually have a relationship between uh, orifices, so things leaving our body, these are what we call the emunctories. These are the organs of detoxification. And the liver is the hallmark organ of detoxification, but the liver is also the workhorse of the body. So the liver is actually the organ that has the most jobs, the most roles. It has six major functions in the body, and one of them is detoxification, although it is a big one. And there's two different types of detoxification that the liver engages with. So when we eat on a daily basis, we eat, we ingest uh, food, we ingest uh, drugs, we ingest alcohol, we ingest our medicines, our herbs, anything that we ingest on a daily basis, whether it's prescribed from our doctor or whether we decide to do it on our own, has to be cleaned out. Our blood has to be cleaned. Our system, our body has a, a flag system, an alert system to identify whether or not that is safe or whether or not there's products or um, or components of the food that is not clean or not uh, safe. And it's the liver's job to handle that. And so the liver will, once the nutrients have served their purpose or once the medication has served their purpose, and in some cases even before, the, it's the liver's job to break down, essentially detoxify all of those chemical constituents, all of those nutrients in the food, all the, the, the acetaminophen, the Tylenol, the ibuprofen, 
your blood pressure medication, your cholesterol medication, your warfarin, anything. Most medications, your antidepressant medications, get detoxified in the liver. They get utilized in the liver. And they might even get controlled in the liver as to what the dosage is and over how long a period that medication works. And then once that medication's expired, then the liver has to process it further so that it can leave your body. Because we can't just have a recycling of all of these products into our bloodstream. And that's what would happen if the liver wasn't able to break down all of these, all of these waste products and get rid of them through our kidney, through our urine, and then the solid ones get rid of through our stool and through our colon. And so this is why a liver detox and a colon detox, a liver detox, a colon detox, and a kidney detox all tend to go together because it's the liver's job to first of all engage in a process of detoxification called phase one detoxification. And phase one detoxification is a, is making a process whereby the body makes all these drugs and nutrients and chemicals that we come in contact with on a daily basis by ingesting them. The liver makes these products water soluble. And in making these products water-soluble, it means the body can use them. But in making these products water-soluble, it also makes these products more toxic. So the first stage of phase one detoxification is actually usually making these things more toxic. Phase two detoxification is making these products less toxic and actually neutral so that we can safely package them and eliminate them through our stool so that they don't harm us. If there's any problem going on in phase one detoxification, then we end up in a toxic state. We end up with too many drug metabolites circulating through our bodies and we can get headaches and we can get rashes and we can get, uh, we might get migraines, we might get a toxic feeling, we might feel sick or malaised, and we might feel more sensitivities to environments like cigarette smoke. So people who cannot handle perfumes and cigarette smoke and the smell of paint and gasoline and different things like that, that's generally because there's too much phase one liver detoxification going on and not able to convert these harmful chemicals that the liver is in a sense detoxifying or digesting breaking down pulling apart into neutral components that we can then excrete so liver detoxification if we engage in and use herbs for the process of detoxifying our bodies we're actually helping our liver break down these products, these drugs, these metabolites better. Then we're helping our liver with phase two detoxification, which is really where most of the focus of nutritional detox happens because we want to take these toxic substances and make them neutral. So we want to help our liver through phase two detoxification so that we can break down these harmful products that the body has actually made more harmful and so that we can make them neutral and so our, so our body can safely package them in our urine and in our stool and get rid of them through our colon and our, and our rectum and our anus and all that, di- the end part of digestion. And so this is an extremely important process that the liver is doing all the time, every day. And if our liver is slow, if we are subject to many medications, if we have constipation, or if we have something wrong with our liver, if our liver doesn't make process cholesterol properly, or if our liver has taken too much uh, Tylenol or too much ibuprofen, and our liver has the enzyme, the liver enzymes are elevated, or um, the liver is enlarged, or we have a hepatitis, we have a viral hepatitis, or even just a, an enlarged liver, or if we have a fatty liver which means that the liver's cells have actually been changed into fat cells as opposed to active functioning liver cells. They've been changed into fat cells because of too many triglycerides and too many cholesterol. And so the liver can be impeded to do its daily function. And so this is what we want to do. And this is very important. So even though the body is doing this on a daily basis, Many of us over periods of time and as we age and with all of these health events that we go through, our liver needs a little extra help.
And so this is this is the role of a nutritional detox. And now we also want to detoxify the other organs. We also want to detoxify the colon. So we need to take... So the first process of, of a liver detox is to incorporate foods and herbs in our diet that are good for our liver, that help our liver function better. And, and the foods and the, and, the, and the herbs that we want to incorporate to help our liver function better are sour things and bitter things. So those are beets and green apples and all your leafy greens and lemons and also sour, sour fruits like cranberries. Cranberry is very much a fall fruit. It comes at the harvest time. And so we want to eat these sour fruits. It could be shisandra if you're from another culture or if you're familiar with shisandra berry. And we also want to have the herbs. So bitter herbs are even maybe even more important because of the small amount, the relatively um, disproportionately low level of bitter and sour foods in our diet than sweet and aromatic and savory foods. So we really do rely on herbs when we're doing a liver cleanse in order to help our liver function even better. So the herbs are dandelion, yellow dock. There's an herbal combination. It's an Ayurvedic or Indian herbal combination called triphala. And it's a combination of three very bitter fruits. And these bitter fruits tonify our liver, our, our gallbladder, and our kidney. Yellow dock. So there's some herbs that are native to North America. Yellow dock, dandelion, and milk thistle, which many of us know milk thistle as the real savior for the liver, of which it is. Now, milk thistle is not only a detoxifier for the liver, but it also helps to repair hepatocytes, liver cells. And so if there's anything wrong with your liver, if you have a fatty liver, if you have hepatitis, if you have elevated liver enzymes, then it is the milk thistle that you also want to include in your liver detox. Now there's other herbs that fix liver cells as well. Black seed is one of them. Black seed is a Middle Eastern herb. And it's actually, it is actually a seed related to cumin. And it helps to fix the liver. And also an herb called picoriza. Picoriza is, uh, we eat it in Asian cultures. We eat it, it's the leaf that we eat in, in sushi that decorates the plate. Uh, shiso leaf. Uh, picoriza is, is, the, is the Latin name for shiso. And picoriza is excellent for the liver. And so if you're having sushi, eat that leaf that, that, that is that's the garnish for the sushi. Or they also put it in Thai soup or in uh, Vietnamese soup as well. And so if we explore different cultures and if we explore the foods of different cultures, often when we're doing a detox, we can find more available foods that, are, that, are, that fit within the detox that we might not normally be accustomed to eating. Because what we'll talk about next is which foods that we eat on a detox that are safe on a detox and how we go about deciding what kind of detox we want to do. Because not all detoxes are fasts. We don't need to fast in order to do a detox. And in fact, when we're starting out, I usually recommend that people start out slower and start out with a clean diet. In addition to certain herbs, the herbs we've been talking about and incorporating foods that are good for our liver, so that we're doing it slowly, so that we're not doing any kind of crash course and going to get an, an overreaction. Because the healing crisis, which people do identify with detoxification, well, you know, that could be necessary and it could be part of the program for some people, but that's not something that we're striving for. The healing crisis is not a goal we're striving for. It's something that inadvertently happens in some people and we want to minimize it and reduce it so that we're experiencing as little pain as possible not the other way around. And so we're going to talk more about this, and that's an important point. We're going to talk more about this and which foods we can eat and how to go about a detoxification, especially a fall detox, where we want to eat more cooked foods, more warm foods, and really throw out the, the idea of a raw foods diet, especially if you're living here in the Northern Hemisphere. This is Dr. Millie. This is the Double Diamond Hour, and we are talking eating for meaning. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. 
fundraising, board relations, social media. My guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Come join us for the 13th Annual Vigil for International Peace and Ecology on Sunday, September 21, from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. A celebration of live music and dance performances, spoken word, the human peace sign, art installations, and a world peace flag ceremony that celebrates the United Nations International Day of Peace. That's Sunday, September 21, from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Central Park, Nuremberg Bandshell by the Bethesda Fountain. For more information or volunteer, go to www.vigil4internationalpeace.org. That's the number four in the URL. Or call 212-222-5432. That's 212-222-5432. We'll see you there. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at TalkingAlternative.com. Just won't hurry up the good stuff. time and the show prior to me he was talking about taking a lot of time and everything takes time and it takes time for the body to heal itself and as I mentioned the body is detoxifying on a daily basis so this process is already underway you don't have to do anything for your body to detoxify but if things are going wrong, or if you want to challenge yourself, or if you're into the idea and concept of prevention, these are the reasons to to go further and to uh, kind of support and uh, make your detox stronger. And so there is an idea that we do detoxify every day and that we can just help our, po- our bodies on a daily basis detoxifying. So the slowest, the slowest kind of detoxification is really just ramping up our liver's functions by incorporating bitter foods on a daily basis. The liver detoxifies first thing in the morning before we eat. That's the best time to engage in any liver detoxification uh, kind of activities, I guess. And so one of the easiest and slowest ways is to just incorporate something bitter and warm first thing in the morning. It helps to flush out your liver. It helps to encourage your phase two detoxification, and it helps to initiate a bowel movement. And so, and the reason for this is because when we take something bitter and sour and warm in the morning, it gives us a little flush. It tweaks our liver, reminds our liver that that it has to make bile. That's another major major role of our liver is to make bile. Bile breaks down fats. It's the fats are concentrated in the gallbladder. And the gallbladder and the liver both respond by breaking down fats and releasing held waste products. And so drinking warm lemon water, for instance, first thing in the morning is the easiest way to introduce a slow detox. You could also have a cup of hot unsweetened green tea or dandelion tea, or even hot black coffee that has not been polluted with cream or sugar or any sweetener whatsoever. 
These are all ways to induce liver detoxification. And even if we look at studies as to why coffee is good for us, and studies have shown lately that coffee is good for us, one reason is because coffee does detoxify the liver, even though it does have chemicals in it that can build up in the liver. So it's not the only um, vice in order to, to, it's not the only herb that you want to use in order to detoxify your liver. But American coffee drinkers tend to be healthier than American non-coffee drinkers, likely because they have this bitter principle in their diet where we're really lacking this otherwise. We're not eating too much lemons and we're, we're really over consuming sweet things. So the bitter, the bitter food first thing in the morning is uh, a really great way to, init- to initiate a, a gentle liver detox. And for people who are starting at a later age to detox, or for people who have been through a health event, a serious health event, for people who are, have a low vitality, are not very energetic, they're either recovering from an illness, or they have chronic illness that has weakened them, people who have high blood pressure, people who have diabetes, This whole group of the population, which is a very large part of the population, really needs to detox slowly. And so for that population, I would really only recommend something like cleaning up the diet and adding something, some bitter tea or, or bitter and sour tea first thing in the morning and maybe taking a liver detox product, but certainly not uh, eliminating or cutting back on any foods or solids or going to a liquid fast and cer- or li- liquid cleanse and certainly not fasting. Not everybody can do the same detox. We do have to find the one that's right for us. And it can be dangerous to do a detox that's too fast. So it, a fast detox is generally a detox where we don't eat any solid food. So the safest overall detox would be something based around the brown rice diet. So the next step of detoxification would be the brown rice diet where we're eating a very simple diet, a very plain diet without any condiments. And we're eating the similar things all day long, breakfast, lunch, and dinner to give our bodies a break so that whereas normally I preach adventure and varying the diet with a detox, When we're going through a detox, we want to give our digestive tract a break by simplifying the foods that we're eating and eating as eating really relatively fewer foods than we normally would just to give our digestive tract a break. And so we could eat something like brown rice, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then we could add to that vegetables, a lot of vegetables, as many vegetables as we want, and as much brown rice as we want also, quite frankly, on the brown rice diet, traditionally, it is uh, the staple is brown rice. So we're getting our protein, our fiber and our and our calories from the brown rice. And then we're eating detoxifying vegetables. So whether that's any of your favorite vegetables, now potatoes and corn don't count. And tomatoes are generally not on a detox diet, but all the green vegetables. So whether that's asparagus, broccoli, cabbage family vegetables, lettuce and salad greens, radishes, some of the spicier vegetables, watercress. Spicy vegetables are actually good for helping our lungs detoxify. And so especially at cold and flu season, uh, it's uh, when we're going from summer to fall, it's a good thing to have warming vegetables. So these peppery or spicier vegetables into our diet because they help to clear and support our lungs. And these are the watercress, the radishes, the uh, white turn white turnip or daikon, the turnips. So we're getting also into harvest season, so we can have these root vegetables. And horseradish. Horseradish is excellent for clearing our, our sinuses and our lungs. Onions, garlic, and these foods that are also peppery are also very warming. And so by including warming foods in their diet, it helps to stimulate our circulation. It helps to encourage our immune system. It helps to break up congestion and phlegm in our lungs. And our lungs are also an emunctory. They are also an organ of detoxification. They have a relationship with the outdoors. So we're breathing in oxygen and we're getting rid of carbon dioxide. And in the process of getting rid of carbon dioxide, our body is engaging in detoxification. We are getting rid of waste products of oxygen. We are getting rid of the carbon dioxide. We are 
nourishing the trees so that the trees can nourish us and we are engaging in this universal exchange of essential gases but you are also essentially detoxifying and getting rid of gases that your own body does not need and if you have any further issues such as asthma or emphysema or chronic bronchitis or tendencies towards these or strep throat, then we do also want to make sure that we're drinking enough warm fluids. Warm fluids also break up, tend to break up congestion and really do as warm fluids go down our throat as opposed to cold fluids, the proximity of our esophagus to our trachea, our air pipe and our bronchi is close, obviously. And so when cold water goes down, it actually reduces circulation to our lungs and increases congestion on our bronchioles and our lungs. Whereas when warm fluid goes down our esophagus, because it's so close to the trachea, the bronchioles, it induces a flushing reaction and induces a dilation of the blood vessels so that we are essentially detoxifying more gases and increasing blood flow exchange uh, right there in our bronchial tissue. So we're detoxifying just by having warm fluids. So teas, herbal teas, hot lemon water, broths, these things are excellent. Miso soup are excellent also as part of a, a spring to winter detox in order to protect our lungs and protect our immune system. Going into a sauna, if you, can, if you can handle going into a sauna, our skin is also an organ of detoxification. It's constantly exchanging gases and it's sweating and letting, uh, letting go of uh, certain soluble uh, salts and electrolytes and maybe even more. There might be more, more waste products that we don't know about that are relieved through our sweat such as ammonia or uric acid. Um, so every time we sweat or exercise, so if we exercise or if we do induce sweating by going into a sauna, then this is a form of detoxifying our skin because we're increasing the exchange of gases on the surface of our skin. We're causing sweating and we're releasing any toxins. And so having a sauna can be good for our lungs because we're breathing in warm air. Or going into a salt room is good for our lungs because we're breathing in salt air. Salt air is very good for our lungs and this can help facilitate a detox. And also going into a sauna is good for our skin because it helps induce a sweat so that we can get rid of more toxins than we would. And it's also great for the winter, the sorry, the summer to winter uh, time of year. So the fall detox. Now we haven't spoken about that yet. The, t the reason that we do detox in the fall and the spring is because our environment is also going through a change. Our immune system is going through turbulence. Our immune system has to transfer and get and adjust to different viruses and different molds and different uh, environmental allergens. And so during that time, our bodies are going through a lot of shift. Our bodies are already awakened to change during this time. And that's why it's a good time to engage in a detox. Whereas the winter and the summer months are more dormant. It's harder to initiate a detoxification for our bodies because our bodies don't, don't aren't changing as much already just on their own. And especially if you live in an area where there are four seasons, then you're, you're, you can use the change of the seasons to, uh, to, to, um, for your advantage for detoxification. And so we are talking about fall detox today. So this shift from summer to winter, which is also interesting because in some cultures, some uh, Eastern cultures, especially Chinese medicine, they use a soup called change of change of season soup, which has goji berries and codnopsis and astragalus. And so they they throw up a, a handful of herbs, immune tonifying herbs and berries into a broth and they drink that in order to prepare themselves for the next season. And, and a, the change of season soup is something that can also be incorporated into a detox and you can make a rice porridge from that, such as a congee and, or you can drink it as a soup or you can drink it as a tea. And so we're going to talk more about this detox and what to eat 
and uh, what's good for our five among trees when we come back from after the break. This is Dr. Millie for the Eating for Meaning program on the Double Diamond Hour on TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at Monty at MontyTaylor.com. That's Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at MontyTaylor.com. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. Talking Alternative Radio. 24 hours a day. We can dance if we want to. We can leave your friends behind. Cause your friends don't dance. And if they don't dance, well, they're no friends of mine. We can go where we want to, place where they will never find And we can act like we come from out of this world, be the real one far behind And we should be able to dance while we're doing a detox. We should not get so depleted while we're detoxifying that we have no energy for dancing. And this is a good measure of whether or not you're doing a detox properly or not. Because, I mean, let me tell you, Dear listeners, I have been a guinea pig on many, many, many occasions, not only for my own experiments, but also I have been a guinea pig in scientific experiments and research, and I am just that type of person. And so I have a confidence in my own level of health and feel a confidence that I can repair myself. Even though I'm certainly not uh, immune to illness, I definitely have my issues uh, that I have to manage, blood sugar falling mood getting bad, iron deficiency. So I definitely have my health issues, but I really have experimented with myself a lot. And this is part of being a naturopathic doctor and understanding health and understanding healing is that I've put myself through challenges. And so I have really done a lot of different types of detoxes. (laughs) And so what I'm saying today is that we are all individual And even though we're all going through this change and we can all benefit from detoxifying, we all have our own, we're all a different age, we're all a different health status, we've all been through different things and we're all, we're all kind of working with our own health at different, at different, in different positions of the spectrum. And so there's no perfect health and there's no perfect illness. The, there's, we're all some level of health in there and we're all struggling with a rotation of symptoms that might arise as well. Now, if you're younger and healthier and have tons of energy, or even if you're middle-aged and healthy and have tons of energy and are not on really many medications, then you can expediate your detox as well. And oftentimes, so part of the Eating for Meaning program, I do have two detoxification diets in the Eating for Meaning program. One of them is the brown rice diet, the modified brown rice diet, which You don't have to only eat brown rice and vegetables, and the other foods to include in that would be mostly vegetarian proteins. 
but not really any animal proteins because animal proteins are not really detoxifying. They have their own hormones and they have more, uh, more uh, dense nutrition and it's harder for our bodies to detox when we're taking in more dense nutrition. Also, animals themselves have accumulated toxins because of their lifespan. And so we are, if we're trying to work out toxins from our body, then by taking in animal products, then we're also we're bringing some back in. And so the theory is that we really want to have as few animal products in our diet as possible. So that includes eggs, dairy, chicken, fish, meat, red meat. And milk is actually one of the biggest detractors from detoxification because it's so inflammatory. Now, for some people, pork is very inflammatory, so that would also be out. On a detoxification diet, there is room for individualization. We can have a little bit of fish or we can have a little bit of yogurt or kefir or we can have, you know, an egg, a boiled egg if we need to, if we're that person that we need to have a little bit more substantial protein because we certainly should not feel like we're falling off the edge of this flat world while we're on a detox. We really need to be able to to sustain ourselves and of course, we all know the world's not flat, so I hope you got that. But we should really, we really should feel like we have the energy to sustain ourselves, and that we're not, uh, we're not reducing our health or putting ourselves at a risk for more chronic illness or more colds and flus while going through something that is theoretically healthy. And I say theoretically healthy because if it's making you sick, <laughs> it's not good for you. <laughs> No matter how uh, it's, it's helped other people or it's helped your neighbor or it's helped your mother, daughter, or sister, or friend. And so this is very important when we're all taking responsibility for our own health and we're making decisions. Some of us will detox very quickly. And if you have a cup of lemon water or if you stop drinking coffee, you'll get a headache and you will have several bowel movements and you'll detox very quickly. Other people can go through a master cleanser, which is the elimination of all food and only drinking this lemonade concoction, which is fresh squeezed organic lemons, the darkest grade of maple syrup. Now in Canada, it's grade C. Unfortunately, in the United States, we cannot get grade C maple syrup. We can only get grade B, which is a combination of the last two taps. So the grade B maple syrup and cayenne pepper and water. And so some people can do that detox and really never get any detox symptoms. And so if that happens to you, if you do a detox and you don't get any detox symptoms, this means that you're bunged up. Technical word, bunged up. This means that you have, are, do, are one of those people that likely has several pounds of waste products within your colon and you should try again another time. Uh, maybe the next time, maybe not immediately afterwards, but maybe if it's fall now, you try again in the spring. And so if you are healthy, because I know I was trying to make this point at one time, if you're healthy and energetic and spry and you feel you have room to play with in your health spectrum, you're not suffering from chronic symptoms, then you can go into a quicker detox. Now, you still want to maintain energy when you go into a detox, but you could do, for instance, a brown rice diet where you're only consuming the brown rice or quinoa or millet, these are also detoxifying grains, the vegetables, the raw nuts and seeds, so sunflower seeds, pumpkin seeds, hemp seeds, flax seeds for protein, beans, small beans, not big soya beans or big, chick- or big uh, uh, what are they, cannellini beans or fava beans. Those are too, a little too starchy for a detox diet, but lentils, black-eyed peas, Uh, maybe some pinto beans, some of these smaller beans, black beans. You can include these into your detox diet as well. And so this would be the staple of the detox diet. And all fresh herbs, dried spices are fine as long as they do not have any salts or MSG in them. And the most preferred spices are really garlic, onions, cayenne, and fresh leafy herbs, cilantro, parsley, um, and uh, basil. These concentrated greens are also good for cleaning out the kidney and help a kidney detox. Any, the more greens you have in your detox, the more it is, the better it is for cleaning out your urinary tract and your kidney. 
And so that would be the staple of the brown rice diet. Now, after you've done the brown rice diet, let's say for three days, four days, then you can start to engage in what we would consider to be a fast, where you remove foods from your diet. This would be one way to do it. Now, you could do the master cleanser, which is the lemonade that I said before. Some people would just do herbal teas. They would just drink herbal teas and maybe some broths where you boil potato, carrot, onions and just drink that broth so throw some spices in there it could be the change of the change of season soup that i that i said before but just thin broth miso soup could be part of a detox diet where you're just fasting now in order to reset your your genetics and and reprogram your insulin growth factor you could also go through a three-day period where you absolutely ate nothing and drank nothing except for water, and that would be the fastest. So you see, listeners, you're, as you're listening, I hope you're understanding that we can go from a slower detox to a faster detox. We can pick and choose based on our level of health how slow or fast we want that detox to be and also our level of adventure. And But we can also on a gradient, move from a slower detox to a faster detox within that uh, 10-day period of time. Normally, the shortest period of time that you detox is three days. One day, fasting for one day is not a detox. That's a fast that you might be doing that for religious reasons or ethical reasons or even because you think there might be some health benefits. But But one day is really not enough to start this process of increasing detoxification from all of our monk trees and get a whole lot of health benefits from that. It really takes about three days to really move the cycle of food through us so that we can get rid of all of that held uh, waste product that's already there. You might notice acne. You might notice an exacerbation of symptoms when you're doing a, a detox. The more you need to detox, the more symptoms you'll have. Now, I say that with a caveat. If you have no symptoms, that means you need to detox the most and you need to detox again. And so I am here for you, listeners. This is the time to do it. We, I am running a fall cleanse, the 10-day detox at the end of October and at the beginning of November here at the Double Diamond Wellness Center at 125 West 72nd Street. It is also online if you are not near. You can uh, Eating for Meaning has a detox product, which includes beets and triphala and uh, yellow dock root and it has broccoli powder and apple powder and parsley powder and so I have some foods in there that uh, you put into water it helps you detox in addition to some probiotics be in touch this is Dr. Millie for the Eating for Meaning Hour and Double Diamond Hour TalkingAlternative.com up next everybody's favorite astrologer Monty Taylor you're listening to the Talking Alternative Network Come join us for the 13th Annual Vigil for International Peace and Ecology on Sunday, September 21, from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. A celebration of live music and dance performances, spoken word, a human peace sign, art installations, and a world peace flag ceremony that celebrates the United Nations International Day of Peace. That's Sunday, September 21, from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Central Park, Nuremberg Bandshell by the Bethesda Fountain. For more information or volunteer, go to www.vigil4internationalpeace.org. That's the number four in the URL, or call. 212-222-5432. That's 212-222-5432. We'll see you there. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. 
It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at monty at montytaylor.com. That's monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at montytaylor.com. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. TalkingAlternative.com 